Welcome to the Powerhouse Revolution podcast. I'm Lucy Gernon, ex-corporate leader turned CEO of my dream business, helping corporate female leaders just like you to create your dream career and life. At 40, I quit the corporate world as I was tired of doing a job that no longer lit me up and wanted to live my life my way. I created the Powerhouse Revolution podcast to give you simple, actionable tips and strategies to help you create the perfect career and lifestyle that you and your family deserve. So if you're a corporate female leader or manager who is ready to step into her superpowers and live the life you were born to live, you are definitely in the right place because life is way too short to dread Mondays. Okay, let's jump into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Powerhouse Revolution podcast. I hope you're doing well wherever you are today. And today I have another special guest who is here to talk all about the juggle of motherhood and leadership. So my guest today is Geraldine Gallagher. Um, She's a transition coach and she helps work with organizations really to, I suppose, support women who are returning back from maternity leave and really that transition between, you know, motherhood and um, the workplace. So, Geraldine, you're very welcome to the podcast today. How are you? Thank you so much, Lucy. I am great. Thanks. I'm delighted to be here today with you. Amazing. Amazing. So, firstly, do you want to just, re- like, I suppose, explain in your own words um, what you do, who you help and why is it important? Okay. So, um, so I work with organizations, as you say, to support and retain their, their working for- female talent so primarily those returning from work uh, after maternity leave and then those senior women stepping into more senior roles as well so it's all around transition so hence my title transition coach um and I suppose a bit about my background so I spent 16 years in the corporate world myself prior to setting up my own business and I would say I'm a recovering change management consultant and in my in my um former life let's call it um i would have worked in various in various companies and various industries in various geographical locations so as a consultant you know my role was going in and out of companies on a regular basis so i was all about change and transition so you know i suppose i've been through that journey i get it i know it but when i was doing it i wasn't a parent so i didn't get the challenges of being a parent and doing it um and it was only i suppose when i relocated um, to have my first child um, and I joined all these mommy and baby groups that I heard women talking about failing, failing at motherhood, failing at being an employee, going back to work, that I realized it was a thing. And, you know, and I think it's really important that people realize that is a challenge, especially managers, you know, if they don't have the awareness around that. And I will put my hand up and say before I became a parent, I didn't know. I, you know, I wasn't aware that this, I just expected somebody to go on maternity leave and come back because, you know, I knew them beforehand and they're the same person, but they're not. And there's a whole lot of stuff that has happened. Um, so it's really about supporting women through that transition and, you know, setting them up for success back in the workplace. And, you know, my, I suppose my belief is that um, every parent should have, a, are entitled to have a fulfilling career and also a happy life. Yes. One hundred percent. I could not agree more. And I absolutely like just as you were speaking, I was thinking about my own journey. Like I have three kids and I'm kind of going, you're right. Like, you know, you go back to work after maternity leave, you're feeling really vulnerable. You're trying to juggle mm. this whole new identity of mother mm. and, you know, leader or, or employee at the same time. So tell me, like, what would be, I suppose, the common 
fears and worries that these women would have. Yeah. So, so I suppose if I talk you through the four pillars of my program, we kind of hit off, you know, the, the common challenges. And I suppose the big thing I would say, like every, you know, we've all had children, us mammies, um, but every single, you know, birthing experience was unique. It was different. So no two were the same. And it's exactly the same for women going back to work. So be it your, you know, first time going back to work after maternity or be it your third you could still want support at different times, you know? So I think that's, that's the first thing to say about this. So the four pillars of my program, the first one is about reconnect and that's helping women to reconnect to the professional identity because what's happened is that, especially for a first time parent, they've gone from being a working professional to, you know, a mum is born and then they're stepping back into work as a working parent. And that's an identity shift. And often people say, you know, I don't know who I am anymore. And like, I totally get that because, you know, I felt that as I'm sure most women do. Um, so it's really getting them, giving them the time and space to focus on them and to identify again, like, who are they? And it's also that they understand that they're, you know, sometimes I think women feel that because they've been on maternity leave, that they're, it's almost like if you were to look at it as a formula, it's it, they minus the value that they bring to the table. But actually, my view of the world is you've got enhanced skills that you're bringing back to the workplace. So it's about looking at your brand, both your personal and your professional brand, and really stepping into that and being confident. And that that brings me, I suppose, into my second pillar, which is around rebuilding confidence, because this is an area that I see women have diminished confidence. And part of it is because, you know, you've been out of the workplace for up to a year. And as we both know, you know, we live in a, a VUCA world, as they called it, where, where there's, you know, volatility, uncertainty, complex and ambiguity. And often, you know, going back into the workplace, things have changed. Your role might have changed. You might have a new manager. You know, there might have been a merger, all this stuff. So there's a lot to take on. And also <clears throat> what I see is that sometimes women especially if they've had somebody cover the maternity leave that and that person is kept on, for example, they can create this narrative in their head. And I think yeah. as females, we're great at creating little stories. In oh, our heads, we you are know? fantastic at that. <laughs> we should all be authors. We've got amazing <laughs> stories going on. Um, so it's about really challenging those stories and, you know, like getting out of our own way, because I think sometimes what that does, then it's, it, you know, it makes us play small when actually we can we can show up in such a, a bigger and brighter light than than we are choosing to do at the moment. Absolutely. I'm just thinking there, as you were saying that about the stories, um, I actually had a conversation with my husband last night, ironically, about this. I was sitting on the couch and I, you know, as women, I think our heads are just so full of stuff all the time. And I asked him a question. He was like, he wasn't even present. And I, I said to him, I was like, what's in your head right now? And he said, nothing. I'm just watching the television. And I said, you must have so much space in there. And he said, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was literally, I could see the spaciousness in his head, whereas I think with the stories, I mean, this is a lot, obviously a lot of the work I do as well. We see it as coaches all the time. Can you yeah. tell my listeners, just because they're sick of me probably telling them, tell them what kind of stories you you hear kind of your clients tell you that they tell themselves in their heads? Just so oh I want my. people to know we're not alone, right? Yes, 100%. Look, I suppose the 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 common ones are, you know, I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. I don't know enough. Um, you know, it, it's all the it's all the negative of not enough, you know, and, and 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 I suppose an important thing to say here as well is that 
when women are, you know, going for, say, a promotion or asking for a salary rise, this is where I see it a lot in terms of confidence, right? What happens is, although let's say, let's say somebody with, let's say, 10 years experience in the workplace, right? When they, if they don't prep for that conversation, what happens is they show up in that conversation as a former version of themselves, so it's the person who was maybe three years in industry, who didn't know it all, who, you know, who was limited, if you like, compared to where they are now. So, again, it's the power of the stories and what's going on in our head. And if we don't take time to untangle that and unravel that and, you know, create the empowering stories that will actually set us up for success, then we're doing ourselves a disservice. Mm. And talk to me a little bit then about, and I mean, I, I think when you get this whole thing about the stories, because I, you know, a lot of women I would work with as well, then we don't see that we are not the story. We don't yeah. see that, that we, we identify as, well, I'm not confident or I mm. don't deserve this. So what would you say to somebody who is currently has a negative narrative in their minds about their capabilities? So the first the first thing I'd say, okay, so become aware of what you're thinking, right? The second thing is, so when we say I am this, I am whatever, that that is at your identity level. And that's a really, I suppose, a very powerful place to have, you know, I am statements. So what you need to do is replace the I am negative with I am positive, whatever mm-hmm. that is. And um, so even even if you feel if you if you're feeling that you're not confident, you can say, I feel that I'm not confident. And and that takes the power and the energy there's not as much strong energy going into that as opposed to I am not confident because it's almost like I think if you say I am not confident it's almost like it feels that it's rigid it's stuck this is the way it's going to be forever there's no choice there's no power for change whereas I don't feel confident right now it's like okay this is this is a phase I can look for strategies identify ways to move forward and get unstuck yeah. Oh, my God. I love that. So instead of saying I am not confident, it's more yeah. I feel I, I yeah. that's really powerful. I'm definitely banking that one for later. <laughs> um, I was thinking as you were speaking as well um, in the book, The Chimp Paradox, the mm. um, fabulous book. My listeners will have heard me recommend it many times, but the, he talks about a group of med- medical students around this whole identity thing. And he tells one group to um, or the, the study director told one group of students to basically pretend that they were a janitor. And walk mm-hmm. down the corridor full of like full of people. And then he told the other group to walk down the corridor as if they were a CEO. Right. So basically, long and short of it, in the study, the the, the group who walked down as the janitor walked down kind of with their head held down, mm-hmm. low confidence, didn't really make eye contact, didn't say hello to people. And then obviously the people who identified as being CEOs were walking down, smiling, saying hello to people, full of energy and confidence. So the whole, I suppose, the whole moral of the study was, is that what you tell yourself, you become. And if you tell your, like what you're saying, if you tell yourself, you know, I I don't have confidence, you're not going to behave in that way. Whereas if you identify as being confident, you are going to behave very, very differently, aren't you? Yeah. And I think it's the the biggest thing here is it's how we see ourselves. Yeah. You know, not how others perceive us. And and the other thing, I suppose, for women going back to work, like the reality is that people remember you as you were, not as how you are now, because right now you may mm. not feel confident, but they remember you as the person that, you know, got things done. That was a high achiever, all those things. So just to bear that in mind, too, you know, because I think in a transition, it's almost like the, the ground is unsteady and you need to find your footing and just kind of 
solidified the foundations to, mm. to, to get going again. But people don't even know that's going on for you. So to be, mm. to be aware of that as well, you know. Yeah. So what can women. So firstly, what can women who are going back from maternity leave or who are finding um, motherhood and, you know, professional life a struggle? Mm. What can they do first? I suppose what would be your top three tips for those women to empower themselves, first of all? So. I think the first thing is, and I recommend this to my clients, is to reach out to people in in your workplace and arrange to have a virtual coffee, because that's going to do a couple of things. First of all, it's going to allow you to reconnect and, and you know, start building those relationships again. Secondly, it allows you to get up to speed much quicker with what's happened, what's going on, you know, where the company's at, what the challenges are. And it's so much quicker than trying to, especially you know, nowadays, like a lot of places are still working virtually mm. um, and that's a disconnect for, you know, it can be harder than I think for maternity returners. So, you know, be proactive, have those conversations. So that's my first tip. My second tip then is because you've been on maternity leave, you know, we're in that world of baby talk. So the whole lingo and acronyms and all the business world, you know, we've probably kind of just forgot about. So start, you know, whether it's listening to to podcasts or webinars, or is there a specific training that you could attend or do, you know, just to start getting your head and mindset back into the game. Um, I think that's very important. And I suppose on a, the third thing then in terms of, of the practical side, um, you know, when you are getting ready to go back and you're transitioning and dropping your baby off to or your to, children off to crash your childcare, like do the route, you know, physically drive it and do it. But what I say is, you know, before you go back to work, when you do your route, your practice run, do not go home and do the jobs. The jobs will be there forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, go and do something nice for yourself. Treat yourself. Just have me time. You know, whatever that is, it's so, so important. And that's another pillar um, of my program, Recharge. You know, there is a study done in the UK uh, where basically it showed that uh, working mums they felt more 18% more stressed after one child and 40% more stressed after two kids. And mm-hmm. I totally get the 40%. <laughs> I don't know what it is, Lucy, after three kids. You might I stop counting. <laughs> um, okay, I love I love that. Like, and I suppose on the I was gonna say something, yeah, there was something that came to my mind. So one thing I hear, and I know you hear it as well. So the mom is going back to work, you've given your tips about doing, you know, doing the the the, the runs and doing the self-care and all that, which is fab. And then she goes back to work and she's trying to inter- integrate mm-hmm. and she's in a meeting and all of a sudden she starts to feel super guilty that she's not with her kids. She's worrying about her kids. She's feeling guilty. And then she goes home to her kids and then she's feeling guilty because she's not on the laptop. So have you a magic bullet for the mom guilt? Because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to say I've got a magic formula here that I can, you know, everyone can get it. Um, no, look, I think we have to be realistic. So so ask yourself, where is the guilt coming from? And often, you know, like, obviously, we're all conditioned and programmed from from our childhood, you know, and we have to. And, and sometimes it's other parents as well. Or, you know, the experts are saying we should be doing this or we should be doing that. But if like. I always say, you know, you have to look at like you get to go to work, you get to go home and have time with your family. You know, you're you're choosing that because, you know, having a job and, you know, is is obviously financially rewarding and it's giving us the lifestyle, it's supporting our family. It's all that stuff. So I think rather than kind of looking, zoning in on it, it's about looking at the big picture and and what that gives you. And, And personally, 
I think guilt is a choice. But if you are uh, yeah. suffering with guilt, like check in with yourself, ask yourself, OK, on a scale of one to ten, where is my guilt currently at today? And let's say it's a seven. So again, ask yourself, OK, so what's making a seven? How could I bring that down to six yeah. or five? You know, and it's just about identifying you know, what are the little things you can let go of? Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Like just checking in on on the score thing, because I think I think the biggest problem when it comes to mom guilt is that we don't act on it. So I think if you're feeling guilty, like you said, well, it's like, what what can you do to change it? And I know that there was I read a recent study as well about kids and guilt or mom guilt or sorry, the impact um, our parents have on us. So. Mm. When we're with our kids, it's about being present with our kids. It's about not having the phone and the emails or taking a work call, like 10 minutes of quality time. It's, it's about the quality time, isn't it? So I know when I, when I used to feel really guilty and it took me a long time to actually cop onto this, I'd be sitting there mm. nearly like a victim going, Oh, poor me and my poor kids. My life is so hard that I have all this work to do and I have all these children to look after. Whereas then when I realized actually all my, my mother always says to me, all they want is your time. But when yeah. you're with them, be present. So I think even if you do a 10 minute little book with your kids or like just 10 minute chat yeah. or whatever it is, like yeah. literally for me, that's enough to take any guilt I hold off. So that's yeah. what works for me anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So what else do I want to ask you then? So we've gone through mom guilt. We've gone through your tips for the women returning. So what about companies? What can organizations? So first of all, let me back up before I ask you that question. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was pregnant with my third child, I suffered with prenatal anxiety. Super bad. I was having panic attacks and um, really bad. I had to go for therapy and everything because I was so worried about having three children. And I, I led a big team as well. Very, very busy environment. I was so worried of not being able to handle that when I was pregnant. It was hormones and everything that I was, I, I literally went a bit mad, right? Not mad, but I, I, I needed help. Like, mm. so I suppose. And then when I came back to work, I felt very, um, oh my God, people are going to be looking at me now. Cause I was out when I went out sick on maternity leave. I couldn't cope. I just could yeah. not cope. Um, and then obviously I was supported and I was able to come through. So why is it important, first of all, for organizations to actually support women, I think, during pregnancy as well? Like what's important about this whole transition is, like you said, it's mm. such an identity shift. Why mm. is it important? Like what will they benefit? How will they benefit? I just want to pause this episode for a second to tell you about something super exciting that I'm hosting on the 22nd of May, and it's absolutely free. It's my brand new imposter syndrome breakthrough masterclass. I cannot wait because in this one hour masterclass, I'm going to show you how you can make the ultimate shift from struggling to execute with confidence and feeling not good enough and confused as to how you can make changes to exploding your personal confidence in your leadership role and eliminating imposter syndrome for good so you can make the impact you want to make while maintaining balance and having a lot more fun too. Trust me, this is going to be so worth an hour of your time. Head over to lucygarden.com forward slash masterclass right now to save your seat. I suppose the biggest thing is, right, that as employees, employees are typically emotionally attached to the company they work for. Right. And what we want to do is to nurture that relationship. So 
you want to ensure that your employees feel cared for. So when and and I think, look, even I remember my experience when I was pregnant, I felt I was operating from the head up. You know, mm. my body was growing a baby, but like in the corporate world, I was like, well, I just need to focus on the work and get it done. But actually what we need to do, and especially if people are working remotely, you know, you can't see someone being pregnant and getting bigger and all that stuff going on. So just ask someone how, how are they getting on, you know, especially if you're not physically seeing them. Um, so it's having those conversations. And also before they go on maternity leave, just as, as a manager, like have a conversation to find out, like, you know, when you come back, what, you know, where's your interest lies, like career aspiration stories or, you know, finding out what's important to them is really important. Um, so that they know, OK, well, they see me as a, even though I'm going on maternity leave, they still see me as a valued member of the team, because I think a lot of the, you know, the narrative can be like, oh, well, I'm going on maternity leave now. And, you know, I want to go for that promotion, but I better not because I'm on maternity leave. And I would say if you're in that position, please, please go for your promotion. It is so important. And if you're a manager, encourage your women to go for the promotions before they go on maternity leave or even if they're expecting it, it doesn't matter. You know, we know that there's research out there to say the more women we have at board level, board level, the more successful organizations are. So it's getting that mix. But we have to encourage because I think women stand in their own way anyways. And then maternity is just another blockage for us where we think, well, I can't and I shouldn't. And all this stuff, which is complete nonsense. We just need to go for it and own it. But again, having a supportive manager, having conversations, checking in um, ensuring that there's no maternity bias happening, you know, where your manager like I've heard women tell me that um, they're interested in a promotion and their manager has said to them, oh, look, I did that when I came back and it was too much. You don't need to do that now. Just take it easy, blah, blah, blah. You know, and, and like, but that's not that person's choice, you know, mm. so you need to speak up and say what's important to you. Mm, I agree. I agree fully with you on that one. I think that's so, so important. And I was just thinking there as well, like on the maternity, um, I was thinking back to my own time in management and I, I want your opinion on this, right? Mm. There's, my, there's a massive mindset shift that some leaders need to make. And I did as well, um, is that when somebody comes to you and they tell you that they're pregnant, okay, mm. on your team, your first reaction is shit I have to replace this person who's going to replace this person and obviously you're happy for them and you want to congratulate them but I want to keep it real that that's the narrative in the head right I have to find someone I have to hire them I have to onboard them blah blah blah. and -hmm. sometimes we Uh nearly write off that person in our minds because we know they're going not write off but you know what I mean it's like this person's going and I've heard women say that as well that they feel like you know, they say they're pregnant and they're nearly being booted out the door. So what's the mindset shift that leaders need to make when they hear that lovely announcement of um, I'm pregnant? Yeah, so uh, you're you're 100 percent right. And I'd say that's the, that's the way everyone's mind goes, you know, when they hear those words. Um, and I think it's about realizing, you know, when you're a manager, you've got a talented individual in front of you that knows so much that is contributing hugely to your team. And yes, they're going out of the workplace for a period of time, but they're going to be back. And it's not like you have to retrain someone else and get them up to speed. They have so much knowledge and experience that they will be bringing back into the organization with enhanced skills. So I think it's important to kind of frame it like that for you as a manager, that it's not like, yes, it's a it's a it's a temporary interrupt in terms of, you know, you have to get other resources and all that kind of stuff. But they will be back. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's about ensuring that you're communicating that with your person, you know, and you're obviously congratulating them um, and you're saying to them, you know, when they come back, oh, we've missed you and we're so glad to have you back. Because like that might seem like a throwaway comment, 
But for the maternity returner, oh, you yeah. know, that's so powerful, you know, because again, that can diminish the narrative that's going on in their heads. Yeah. You know, or I was talking not. to um, Laura from Mind Mommy Coaching. I don't know if you know Laura. I can't never say her surname. Sorry, Laura, if you're listening. Uh, we were talking about this. One of the, the top fears she says she works with women in in um, mommies, moms, basically in, in the workplace mm-hmm. as well. And she said, and she's so right. One of the, the biggest fears she hears from her clients would be um, what if the crash rings and I have to go collect my child because my child is sick. She said that p- women are so afraid of having to go and tell their boss that their child is sick, they need to take a day off and because they're afraid of how it's going to look on them. So mm. what would you say to women with that narrative? Look, I think, you know, we have to be real here, you know, and if if you don't have any other backup or if you want to be the person to go up to pick up your sick child, then you have to own it. And, you know, whether it's a case that you're going to log on later or you're going to make up the time elsewhere or you're not going to make up the time elsewhere, whatever that is, like just having those conversations, it doesn't make it doesn't. I suppose the thing is, it doesn't mean that you're not committed to your role. It means you're a human and you're dealing with life situations. You know, I love that. So how do we get the women then? Who? Because that is what it is. It's like shit. They're going to think I'm not committed. So how do we if someone's thinking that right now? Yeah. How do we change that? Look, I, I always think that you have to be transparent. So so just be direct with it. Look, I'm 100% committed to my role here, but unfortunately my child is sick. I need to go right now and pick it up, pick the child up and I, you know, I'm going to do X, Y, Z whenever or whatever that is. You know, like rather than having, you know, us making up a story in our head and thinking they're making up a story in their head about us, we just call it out and we just yeah. say the way it is. Yeah, I love that. I think it's sometimes it's like, we ask nearly go in nearly asking for permission so I remember like I'd have different team members I'd have team members who would come to me exactly like you said super direct own it just tell me that they can't come in in the morning because their kid is sick and because they're so confident and so assured in what they're saying I'm like yeah okay whereas if somebody comes to me they're nearly like asking permission I feel like oh maybe there's another option there like do they have to leave so I think you're so so right around just owning that It's, it's so so important yeah Okay, so I suppose I think we've kind of covered everything I wanted to go through with with you today. That's been like so many little gems in there for women. So I always ask my um my podcast guests two questions at the end. The first one is, mm-hmm. what's the best piece of advice you have ever received? Okay, so um, I went to my first personal development course back in 2006. I didn't know it was personal development. I didn't even know personal development was a thing, to be quite honest. A friend of mine asked me to go because she didn't want to go on her own. And I remember there was a picture of a of a puppet on strings. And basically, there was a caption underneath that said, if it's to be, it's up to me. Mm. And for me, that was a game changer because at the time I was thinking about moving to London, but my manager was kind of, you know, showing me all these shiny objects to keep me here. Um, and I I remember seeing that and I just decided, no, this is what I want. I'm going to London. And before the course had finished, um, I had basically secured myself a job and I'd moved to London. Um, Amazing. But I think the other thing to remember about that, and I think you spoke about this, Lucy, um, if it's to be, it's up to me. You know, when external factors don't go according to plan, so you don't get the promotion, you don't get the contract signed, whatever that is. Again, it's up to me. You know, don't let let the external world pull your strings. You kind of stay focused on what it is that you, you decide, first of all, what you want. And then you keep going, keep going for what it is that you want. 
Amazing. I absolutely love that. Geraldine, thank you so much. You've given us so much value here today. Um, where can people find you? So my so they can email me at info at inspirecoaching.ie or go to my website, www.inspirecoaching.ie. And if there's any HR managers or uh, diversity and inclusion team um, members listening to me who are interested in how I can work with their companies, then simply drop me an email and I'm um, happy to have a chat. Perfect. Perfect. Well, look, guys, I link uh, Geraldine's website in the show notes anyway, so that you can go over and connect with her there. Geraldine, thanks so much for your time. My pleasure. Thanks so much, Lucy. Take care.